that sounds Christian, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We're in Revelation 12. Uh, Today we're going to look at uh, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, uh, as he's referred to here today, the red dragon. Uh, Why you got the red shirt on? Little... uh, a little prop here today to help you. Uh, uh, today, uh, Satan is going to declare war on God's chosen people, Israel, the Jews, and uh, specifically, we're going to look at him attacking and trying to destroy believing in Jesus Jews, completed Jews, uh, who've woken up and now have believed in Jesus. Uh, the 144,000 missionaries are out on the loose. And uh, many of the Jews respond. And Satan is ticked, and we're going to see that he's going to do everything he can. The uh, two super witnesses, we looked at that last week, chapter 11, verses 3 to 6. They've uh, witnessed about Jesus, many have believed, and now Satan is on the warpath. And today we're going to see what that old devil, Satan, the red dragon, is really all about. Uh, for us today, it... Uh, Walloon Lake Community Church, 2015. Revelation chapter 12 is a warning. Revelation chapter 12 is an alert, an advisory about the shenanigans of Satan, about the schemes of Lucifer, the devil. Now, I I think most of us, we're, we're kind of used to warnings in our day, We've had many warnings, uh, wind chill advisory below zero this winter. Have you heard a few of those? Like dozens. Um, You're used to warnings, a dangerous curve ahead. You see that all the time. Warning, harmful if swallowed. Warning, don't drive after taking this medication. Uh, Or as I've heard just this past week several times, Warning, uh, deer crossing next two miles. And uh, they are on the move. I I know of at least three that uh, uh, the deer didn't want to get out of the way of the car. So anyway, today it's warning time. Warning, pay attention, alert. And that's what Revelation chapter 12 is all about. Church, stay on your toes. Somebody wants to destroy you. Let's stand together. Let's read uh, out loud the first nine verses of Revelation chapter 12 together. Ready? Here we go. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, 
where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, giving John this vision. And thank you, Lord, for inspiring him to get it just right. And thank you, Lord, that you've preserved it for us, your church, all these years. So, Lord, uh, thank you for this very accurate picture that you've portrayed of our enemy, our adversary, Satan, Lucifer, the devil. And Lord, uh, we recognize that because uh, he is your arch enemy and because we're related to you and your son, that means he's our adversary. That means he's our enemy as well. And may we catch that this morning. I, I pray that if there are any here this morning who uh, are sleepy, any that are drowsy, Lord, that you'd wake them up because they need to be alerted to the reality of this war, this battle that we're all in. We want to pause right now and say thank you. Thank you for giving us the twin weapons of your word and your spirit. Uh, we open ourselves up right now, Lord, to the teaching, to the correction, to the instruction of your perfect, inspired, God-breathed Bible. Lord, uh, we invite the spirit of your son, King Jesus, to be the king and the Lord and the master in your church, even right now. And Lord, more specifically, we want to personally invite you to take charge of our individual lives right now. We, we slide off the throne. We slide away from the driver's seat. And we're asking that your son, Jesus, take charge. That he might drive this thing called our lives. That he might rule and reign on the throne of our individual lives as well. And Lord, if there's anything that's preventing him from taking charge, and we know that to be sin, would you make that clear right now? Lord, it very well may be that we've participated in something this past week. We've looked at stuff, we've said things, we've thought things, we've went places that your book calls sin. And Lord, we recognize that is a barrier that we build that prevents fellowship with your son Jesus. So uh, would you point out any barriers, any sin that we haven't yet taken to the cross? Convict us. Show us clearly. And Lord, as you make yourself clear, things that uh, are uh, ugly and sinful um, and maybe we've ignored or or excuse, Lord, right now we run to the cross and we call it what you call it. It's sin. And Lord, uh, all who are followers of your son here today, you've already marked our accounts paid in full. So we want to write a check 
of confession right now. And we want to ask that as we confess what you're making clear to us is sin, that you might wash and cleanse and purify us from our sin. We want to get back in right relationship with your son Jesus. We want him to be able to sit on the throne. We want him to be able to come and drive. And all the church gathered at Walloon Lake said with clean lips today, Give you another run. Shut your eyes. You did that really poorly. And all the church gathered at Walloon Lake said with clean lips. Nice job. You may be seated. We've got uh, some folks fresh from a a pretty powerful adventure in Chicago at Dare to Share. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, get a chance, talk to them. They... uh, They are pretty fired up about how the Lord worked in Chicago this past week. Uh, Revelation chapter 12 is the midpoint of the Great Tribulation. Okay, so you got seven years of awful trouble here on planet Earth. This is the three and a half year point uh, of that seven years. Remember, how did all this start? Well, King Jesus has stepped forward and he's going to claim the title deed or reclaim the title deed to planet earth why because it's his he created it it's his it always has been but now he's going to foreclose on satan's mortgage right now and he's going to reclaim planet earth last week look back at verse 15 of chapter 11 we saw the seventh trumpet is blown Uh, that signals the final chapter Jesus' perfect plan to reclaim what he's created is just about, the the final chapter is just about to begin. Now look at verse 1, chapter 12. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant. She cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. There's all sorts of ideas. Uh, Several cults have claimed that their leader was the woman. Um, If you look at Isaiah 54, 5, Isaiah 66, 7, uh, Jeremiah 3, Micah 4, 10, Micah 5, 2, and 3, I believe, and it makes sense, and you can track with me as we move on, it, it makes sense. Old Testament often refers to Israel as a woman. And I think as you move on with me, you'll realize it makes really good sense that this is the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, the Jews. And now many have believed the message of the 144,000 and the two super witnesses. Remember, we looked at them last week. And now these completed Jews, followers of Jesus, are portrayed as a woman here in as Israel, okay? Now, now keep that in your mind. Let's go back and look at verse 3. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns on its head. Verse 4, its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky, flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might 
devour her child the moment he was born. Uh, red dragon, uh, symbol of power and destruction. Uh, red, the, uh, the color of blood and death and murder. See, all, all day long you could look, ooh, look at that shirt. Uh, slide down to verse 9. Slide down to verse 9 because it tells us, well, who is this red dragon? Well, it's real clear in verse 9, the red dragon is that ancient serpent referring back to the Garden of Eden and the serpent that lied and deceived Adam and Eve. Secondly, verse 9 calls the red dragon the devil. That literally means, devil means accuser, defamer, slanderer. And finally, verse 9 says, that ancient serpent, the devil, Satan. And the word Satan means enemy, adversary. So we know very clearly because it explains a little later who this is. Uh, and then it says something pretty interesting. And Satan, the red dragon, has seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns. <laughs> What's that all about? Uh, well, you can hold your spot if you want. We're going to get there. But if you go to chapter 17 and verse 9, it tells us that the seven heads are actually seven hills that Satan controls. It's, it's a place of geography, and we'll get to that when we get to chapter 17. So the seven heads are seven hills that Satan controls. Um, 17.12, as long as you are there, explains that the ten horns are actually ten kings that are under Satan's control and power. You tracking? So seven hills, it's a location. Ten heads are the ten kings that the ten horns, excuse me, are the ten kings that he controls. And then finally it says seven crowns. Um, crowns throughout, especially the New Testament, are rewards. Uh, they are trophies. Uh, they are ribbons. They are medals. Some of you that participate in athletics, you get ribbons and trophies and medals. Uh, they are achievements for past victories. Follow me here. These are achievements, victories that Satan has accomplished. Obviously, they're not good victories, but they are conquests of Satan, and he's quite proud of his victories. That's the idea. Now look back at verse 4. Gives us a little history lesson of the red dragon. In Isaiah chapter 14, we're told that Lucifer... The prince of the power of the air, the most beautiful, the most talented, I believe the most powerful angel that Jesus ever created in pride rebels against Jesus. And in Isaiah 14, 12 to 14, you can look that up later, um, Satan leads a rebellion against King Jesus and he takes one-third of the angelic population with him and they are expelled from being God's chosen angels. So one-third of the angels say, we're, we're with him. We want to follow him instead of King Jesus. 
So we know that that's going on, and it's repeated here when we get a little more explanation. Last part of verse 4, um, so he's been expelled. He's no longer on Jesus' team. Um, and now when the baby was born, pretty clear talking about when Jesus took on human flesh, and he did that in a stable in what town? Anybody remember? Bethlehem. Uh, Satan attempts to devour the child, verse 4. Uh, what did King Herod do, Matthew 2.11, to get rid of any potential king of the Jews who was born in the region of Bethlehem. Anybody remember Matthew 2.11? What, what did King Herod do? He, he slaughtered all the little boys ages 2 and under, all in the vicinity of Bethlehem. Uh, Herod was used as Satan's puppet to kill the Messiah, to devour the born king of the Jews. So again, that's exactly as it happened. Uh, slide down, we're going to move on. Verse 5. She gave birth to a son, Israel, a male child who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,000 years. 260 days. Verse 5, the only person who meets the qualifications of, uh, of this, verse 5, uh, male child rule all the nations with an iron scepter. The only one worthy to rule all the nations and the one we see in Revelation chapter 20 who will rule all the nations with an iron rod is Jesus Christ. So talking about Jesus being born and then looking to the future when he is going to rule. And then it says, verse 5, and then he was snatched up to God and to his throne. Um, talking about the ascension of Jesus Christ to the right hand of the Father, Acts 1 and verse 9. So let's just go over verse 5. Three distinct actions, the incarnation Jesus taking on human form, taking on a body, his ascension to the right hand of God the Father, Acts 1-9, and then his ruling and reigning on the throne at the right hand of the Father, the place of honor and power. And Jesus has been there for over 2,000 years, waiting for the word for the book of Revelation to kick into high gear. So uh, just a little history lesson there, and, and I believe that's why we get it. Uh, and then verse 6, we've got this big picture recap, and now John zooms back in on the woman. And the believing Jews in the tribulation now are being attacked, and they're going to be hunted by Satan and his followers, verse 7. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he, Satan, the red dragon, was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. Now this is an interesting section, don't you think? A battle breaks out in the heavenlies. Uh, a war is declared after the tr seventh trumpet is blown. 
So seventh trumpet is blown, and in one corner, in the golden trunks, is Archangel Michael and all of the holy angels of Jesus Christ. Uh, and then in the other corner, wearing the bloody red trunks, uh, are Satan and his demonic fallen angels, and now they go to war. Verse 8, Satan loses. Satan was not strong enough thrown out of the heavenlies. He's no longer allowed to sit at the drive-up window of heaven and cause trouble. Why? Give me your eyes. Because Christ's team has whooped Satan's red tail. We're allowed to say that, okay? Because <laughs> it's the red tail of the dragon, okay? Christ's team has whooped Satan's red tail. Uh, and if you like to dig into God's Word, if you like to look at things a little deeper, here's your homework, okay? Jot this down. Jude 9, why, not chapter 9, verse 9. There's only one chapter. Daniel 10, verses 12 and 13, and Daniel 12, 1. Because this isn't the first time that Michael and Satan have gotten into it. So you might want to do a little homework. It's kind of interesting to see where they've gotten... Uh, this little battle, this little war before. Verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. So look at, wow! For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Uh, they triumphed over him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He's filled with fury. He knows that his time is short. Um, Satan is tossed from heaven, and heaven rejoices. Did you notice? They are excited. Yes! Get him out of the drive-up window, shut him up, send him back, and uh, everybody's going crazy. They're excited in heaven. Verse 10, please note what Satan does full-time right now, 24-7, 365 days a year on leap year, 366, okay? What does Satan do full-time? His full-time job never rests, never sleeps. What is he doing? For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God, how often? Day and night. Never takes a rest. That's his job. That's his passion. That's his obsession. Stand and shout accusations and defaming charges about you and about me. And every time you and I wander from Jesus and his word, every time we cheat, every time we look at stuff we shouldn't be looking at, every time we shade the truth, every time we lose our temper, every time we gossip, give me your eyes, we're giving Satan ammunition to fire at that drive-up window. And he's yelling, did you see Ellis again? Did you see him again? Look, look, and he claims to be one. Of, he thinks he's a shepherd. 
<laughs> Isn't that a joke? He's firing accusations about us before the Lord. Hold your spot. I want you to go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. If you find First and Second Peter, it's just after Second Peter. So Satan, the red dragon, is the prosecuting attorney. Let me put it to you that way. Satan, the red dragon, is the prosecutor, and he's bringing charges against us. That Ellis schmuck, he was just ugly with his wife again. He was intimidating and selfish and acting like a gorilla. Um, uh, but look at verse 1, chapter 2. Um, My dear children, I write to this so that you won't sin. But if you do sin, and you're gonna, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Um, we have a defense attorney. So you get the prosecuting attorney, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, full-time shouting accusations about us. But verse 1 says, but we have a defense attorney, and his name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, our defense attorney, the righteous one, is stepping up on our behalf. Look at verse 2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So every time we sin and Satan is firing accusations, defaming condemnation about us, Jesus steps up and says, um, Your Honor, he, he is guilty as charged. Uh, Ellis is a schmuck, but my atoning sacrifice on the cross makes him clean and pure. Uh, what I did for him on the cross declares him innocent because of my shed blood on his life. Is that not amazing? So, so every time we blow it, that's going on. Um, and pay careful attention because we're going to go back to chapter 12 and verse 11 um, and it says the believers in the tribulation triumphed over Satan did you catch that the believers the Jewish believers uh, they were getting attacked but they were to tr able to triumph over Satan verse 11 um, here's what it says here's how they triumphed over Satan first by the blood of the lamb and secondly by the word of their testimony um, we're going to come back to that later, but that's how they triumphed over the enemy. Verse 12, uh, heaven's gain, uh, Satan is booted, is earth's loss. Uh, Satan is removed from doing what he likes to do best. Can you imagine now? Satan, powerful, effective, never resting, is now removed from his full-time job. He's like an angry hornet. Uh, he's he's an angry bee, and now he's ticked, and he knows his time is short. Verse 13. When the dragon saw that he'd been hurled to earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, Israel. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle that, so that she might fly to the place, prepared her in the wilderness, where she might be taken care of for a time, times, and half time 
out of the serpent's reach. Uh, verse 13, Satan targets the Jews, followers of Jesus. Verse 14, the Lord protects his chosen people, gives them eagle's wings to escape and to hide for the next three and a half years. Um, verse 15, uh, then from his mouth, Satan's mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with a torrent. Uh, the devil attempts to drown the messianic believers. Now, was this literal water? Maybe. Or was it the water of lies and deceit and gossip attempting to turn the entire world against the Jewish Christians? That could be an option too. I, I could go with either. It, it was either water and he really tried to drown them or it was the water of lies and deceit and gossip and attempting to turn everybody against them. Um, either way, um, he wants them gone and destroyed. Verse 16, But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth, swallowing up the river that the dragon had spewed out of its mouth. Again, the Lord steps in. Jesus protects his own, protects these Jewish believers. Verse 17, Then the dragon was enraged at the woman, went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands, those who hold fast their testimony about Jesus. He's on the warpath. He's angry. They keep testifying about Jesus. They keep being obedient to Jesus Christ and the cross and the word of God, and they won't shut up. Satan desperately trying to stop the 144,000 and those people they've reached from living obediently, from sharing freely about Jesus and the cross. So, what does that mean to us, Northern Michigan, March 2015? How should that affect us? Well, um, please know this. Go back to verse 10. Uh, that drive-up window in heaven has locks of action. Don't you think? I think just with us here, just think about the church worldwide. You know, we could just think about churches in Michigan and all of the sin and the stupid stuff we do on a regular basis and, and Satan is just constantly bringing accusations and condemning charges against us. Okay, um, Before the Father, before the Son. Um, I want to give you just a slightly different Look at this. Hold your spot. We're coming back. Uh, go to 1 Peter chapter 5, would you? Remember if you found 1 John, this is a couple books before. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Peter writes to the church, uh, Be alert and of sober mind. Why? Why should I be alert? Why, why do I have to pay attention why am I being warned? Why? Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring what? Like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Verse 9, resist him, stand firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So, verse 8 we have lions, we have Satan and his demons 
uh, lions that never sleep, lions that never tire, lions that never take a lunch break or a dinner break, lions that are always on the lookout for Christ followers who are vulnerable and unprotected. Let that soak in for a moment. On the constant lookout for Christ followers who are vulnerable and unprotected. Um, did a little research on lions. Five things I found out. Five uh, tendencies of lions. Five, uh, I don't know if they write them down, so these are our strategies, but these are the built-in strategies of lions. First of all, lions focus on animals that are sick or wounded as their prey. Uh, they love to find the animal that's either sick or has been wounded. They make especially scrumptious meals. Uh, secondly, they watch for animals that wander from the herd. They're with all the other animals. There's safety in numbers. But when they wander, that's when they oftentimes become dinner. Third, lions look for animals that are distracted, that are playing, that are sleeping, that aren't paying attention. Um, fourth, lions love to feast on baby animals. They delight in finding newborns. They're easy pickings. And they're extra tender and juicy, I think, for the lions. Uh, number five, uh, they also love to run and roar at animals and cause fear in animals. And out of fear, they oftentimes will turn and run right into the jaws of another lion. So, since the Lord gave us lions, <laughs> be on the alert. Uh, I think based on these strategies, let, let's, just, let's just apply that with some conclusions here. First, if you're sick here today, physically sick, spiritually not doing well, marriage is sick, finances sick, emotionally things aren't going, just know this, you're extra vulnerable. You are susceptible when you're sick in various ways to Satan's attack. He doesn't play fair. He hits us when we're down, if you will. Uh, secondly, remember there's safety in the herd. There's a reason why Jesus gave us something called church. We don't do well as animals out on our own. Animals who follow Christ on our own tend to get eaten quicker. Uh, and if you're someone and you wander from the church and wander from the flock, please know this, give me your eyes, you're putting yourself and your family at great risk. Therefore, I, I just need to say we need to be on the lookout for missing sheep. And I work real hard if I notice I haven't seen one of our sheep and they've wandered from the flock, but I just want you to know there's no way I can keep track of everybody. So if we really believe this is true, Satan feasts when we wander. Satan loves it when we, we get separated from the flock. Would you care enough if you see somebody that's missing, you see someone that they've kind of wandered and drifted away, would you reach out and love on them and call them and invite them back? And if you say, if you hear, um, 
Man, they're mad at Pastor Jeff. Give me your eyes. I give you permission. Please come and tell me, and I promise you, I, I will go and I'll do my best to make it right. Because right now, you know, I do say stupid stuff from time to time. Do you know that? Uh, but I, I mean it. We care enough that we're going to reach out to those, those sheep that have wandered. Um, third, we've got to be alert. We've got to stay awake. We're not on a picnic. Oh, is it life a grand? No, we're at war. We have an enemy who hates us. And when we get so distracted with life, we forget about the enemy that's when we get devoured. That's when we get chewed on. Um, fourth, we've got to pay real close attention to the baby Christians. Uh, babies are especially susceptible. Uh, there's lots of babies in Christ who haven't learned how to run yet. And therefore, they're easy pickings for the enemy. Myron, that's why we do the classes we do, right? We want to help you learn to run in Christ, to be effective. So um, again, make sure that if you are a new Christian, that you make the effort to get discipled and matured so you can run in Christ. Um, secondly, this applies to our kids, our lambs. I think, man, we have to be careful with our little ones. We have to watch out, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas. We need to be watching out for our children and make sure that they're not attacked. And I think Satan will use whatever tool he can use. He'd love to use the Internet to infiltrate into your home. He'd love to use the media or a musician or whatever. whatever. If he can infiltrate into your babies, your kids... Man, will he destroy quickly. And when we live in fear, perfect love casts out what? Well, you knew that verse. And, and perfect love comes from Jesus. So as I walk with Christ and I stay connected to Christ, then I no longer have to live in fear and I don't have to be a ripe target for Satan's attacks. Um, go back with me to verse 11, would you? Revelation chapter 12. Verse 11. So how did these Jesus followers in the tribulation, how did they triumph over Satan? How were they able to not get eaten and destroyed by Satan and his demonic attacks? Um, verse 11. They triumphed over him, him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb. They triumphed over Satan by the blood of the Lamb. They resisted attack, are you ready? By staying clean and pure and in right relationship with Jesus. So when they sinned, they just didn't lay there. They quickly did the U-turn and got right with Jesus. Would you look at your hands now? Come on, humor me. I want everybody to look at your hands. Okay? Now... Can you tell the activities of the past week by looking at your hands? Oh, there's the uh, barbecue sauce from the Chicken McNuggets uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, and, and I did a little painting in, uh, in the, around the house on Wednesday. See some paint over there. Um, Thursday, I'm looking at the nails. Yeah, I was out 
uh, doing a little shoveling in that mud that's uh, developed now that it's warmed up. I can, I can see Thursday's activity. Oh yeah, I remember that big sneeze yesterday. Uh, you say, well, I don't do that with my hands. I work pretty hard at making sure my hands stay clean. Um, give me your eyes. When we walk around with dirty hands and dirty hearts and dirty minds and dirty lips, we're sitting ducks. We, we are prime pickings. Why? Because there's no armor, there's no protection. We've built a wall between us and Jesus, our protector, our shield. Now we got a barrier between us and the only thing that pre prevents us from getting destroyed. Verse 11, it's the blood of the Lamb. I need to get back in right relationship with Jesus, reconnected with the King. Are you tracking? And I need to do that right away. Here's the secret, okay? When you fall, there's something in us. Oh, I have to lay here for a while, okay? Okay, I'll do it. I'll show you what I mean. Oh, I've messed up again. I'm a horrible person, and now I'm going to have to do penance, and I'm going to have to whip myself and feel awful for the next seven days before I get up. And then I wonder why during that seven days... I get attacked and destroyed. You tracking? We, we, we think poorly because it's the blood of Christ, the blood of the Lamb, that gets us back in right relationship and prevents attack. So the essential secret, you ready? You got to quickly get up and you got to ignore that, that old, uh, I got to do it. My, no, Christ did it all. You don't do, you don't add anything to the cross. Christ did it all, he shed his blood, and we all sin. 1 John 1, 10. If you say you don't sin, you're a liar, is what it says. Well, that's pretty blunt, but that's the way God said it. Okay, So it's not a matter of if you sin, but when you sin, then get in the habit of quickly getting back in right relationship with Jesus. Don't just lay there, do the U-turn, get right, confess, Draw on the account, write the check of confession, get pure and clean and right with Jesus quickly. Because if you just lay there, ignore it, excuse it, um, well, everybody else, that's, no, you're right picking to be kitty food. Okay? It's not good. Go back um, to verse 11. Because there's two ways. They triumphed over Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the word of their test, Our testimony is the facts of who we are in Jesus. Here's my testimony. It's my position. It's my identity in Christ. Satan attacks this way. Ellis, you are a sad sinner and a loser. And who do you think you are? You think, you're, you think you're some big shepherd? You're a loser. You're just a sad sinner. Condemning words coming at us. No, I can either listen to those accusations or I can look at verse 11. I can stand on the word of my testimony. No, excuse me, but I'm a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
No, excuse me, but I'm related to royalty. Did you know that? Nothing could ever separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm redeemed, I'm saved, I'm sealed. Jesus has taken residence up in me. I'm a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. My citizenship is in heaven. My future is out of this world, face to face with Jesus for all of eternity. Those are the facts. That's my identity. That's my position. You got to know who you are. You got to know your identity in Christ. You need to know the word of your testimony, who, who I am. No, these are the facts. Lots of lies, lots of distortions, but I know who I am in Jesus Christ. I know my position. I know what Jesus has done in me. Make sense? That's how you stand up against the attacks and the lies and the deceptions of the enemy. Warning, be advised, this is a red alert. Satan and his demonic army, they want to destroy you. Be alert. <laughs> be awake. Take your stand. I've got the blood of the Lamb. I've got the word of testimony of who I am in Christ. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you have those same powerful weapons to fight back with. Isn't that good? Yeah. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. Lord, uh, we pause for just a moment and we invite you to take your inspired word, it's perfect, it's alive, and apply it to our hearts, our minds, and our souls right now. You, you do that, would you please? At any given time, I think there's a certain number of us who are uh, under attack. Satan is uh, firing those missiles, uh, fiery darts. Um, some of you uh, are uh, right now today in a state of confusion. You're overwhelmed. You're stressed. You're uh, worried. And uh, Satan and his demons are having a field day at your door. As we pause, um, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to call you out right where you're seated. Uh, you can just acknowledge, you know what? I am under attack right now. My family, my life... Um, and I need to humbly admit that uh, there's some significant area of my life, my finances, my family, my job, my marriage, my life, I'm under attack. And just as we close, I just would like to pray for you, if that's you today. And again, I'm not going to make you stand. I'm not going to call you out. Just, just want to pray for you right where you're at. And uh, would any of you humbly say, you know, Lord, that's me, and you know you've been talking to me, and I've heard you, 
and uh, there's some significant area of my life I'm under attack right now. Anybody just lift up your hand? Just acknowledge that. Yep. Several in the balcony. Are there others? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Got some things going on? Just want to pray for you as we close. Lord, uh, I want to pray for my friends right now who are under attack. Help them to learn to deal quickly with sin. Help us, Lord, to quickly do the U-turn and repent and run to the cross. And help us, Lord, to quickly write that check of confession and get clean and pure at the cross. Lord, help us to begin to daily stand on the facts of who we are in Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to realize we're free from condemnation. Help us, Lord, to know we're a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And nothing could ever separate us from your love. Lord, to help us to know the facts. And Lord, if there are any here that have wandered from the flock, Lord, would you draw them back to the safety of your church? Lord, if we need to reach out and uh, love on some folks who maybe have strayed, would you bring their minds to us even right now, those who are missing in action? And Lord, if there are some new babies who need to grow and get stronger in their faith, would you give them the hunger and the passion to get discipled? Lord, uh, we look to you. Um, help us in this time of need. Bring protection. Bring extra amounts of faith and hope to those under attack today. And we pray all of these things in the amazing, awesome name of your son, Jesus. Amen.